basically brand new to this subreddit, but I've read a few stories, and one in particular reminded me of the most terrifying thing that I've ever experienced but luckily avoided. I'll start with a little backstory. Growing up, I had a lot of fun experiences with sneaking out of the house. My house was three floors, a finished basement, a middle floor, and a top floor where all the bedrooms were. When I had friends over, we all slept in a finished basement. It was a mutual agreement between my parents and I. They got to sleep without hearing a peep. We got to be as loud as we wanted. The best part about the basement was the fact that it had a sliding door to go in and out of. Now, anyone with sliding doors knows that most of them are completely silent when opening and closing. This led to at least 50 plus instances between the ages of 13 and 16 where a group of friends and I would sneak out to go meet up with girls who lived further down the road. Notice how I said friends and I. Up until this point, I had never snuck out on my own. It wasn't from a fear of sneaking out on my own. It just always was prearranged that when the girls down the street would have a sleepover, the boys would have a sleepover at my house. There wasn't ever a reason for me to go out alone. However, I was talking to this one girl who lived a little further down the road, and she wanted me to come over and hang out as teenagers do. So, unconcerned, I headed out into the summer night at around 1am. The route to get to this girl's house was on the same route as the other house we would always go to, so I was completely familiar with my surroundings. It was a pretty active suburban neighborhood, so even at hours that late, you'd have cars driving around. As a teenager, you didn't want to be seen walking on the side of the road that late, so if you heard a car coming or saw headlights, you would duck into the woods or dive into the nearest bushes you could find. It was a heavily wooded area, so this wasn't challenging. However, there's always one nightmare stretch of road where there's neither a lot of woods or houses on either side. And if you don't get through that part before a car comes, you're fucked. My friends and I being the nerds we are, named a Diagonale. Cut to me, happy as humanly possible, on my way to potentially get laid for the first time, walking through Diagonale, not paying attention. All of a sudden, a car comes approaching quick and I run and hide behind the thin woods behind a group of trees that was hardly covering me at all. 99% of the time, the cars just go zooming by, either not seeing you or seeing you but not caring enough to do anything about it. This car stopped in front of the house that was across the street from me. Not totally out of the ordinary yet, maybe they lived there. At this point, I didn't think they had saw me yet. After sitting there for 15 to 30 seconds, the car drove by and took a left. The reason the direction the car turned matters is because Diagon Alley was part of a large circular neighborhood of houses. Where this strange car took a left would eventually loop him or her right back to my location. 
Knowing this, and not wanting to be caught in the street, I stayed in my position. Sure enough, no more than a minute later, the car came back. This time when it parked, it shined its headlights directly at me. I stood there in complete fear, not knowing what to do. A minute passes with the headlights on me, and the car proceeds to turn left and go around the circle again. Now I'm thinking that it's time to make my way out of the woods and get the fuck out of there. But as I'm on the edge of the woods and about to hit the road, I hear the car coming and duck back into the woods trying to find the best spot to hide. This time, the car parks in the same spot as the first time it approached. The driver sat there for what felt like 10 or 15 minutes and I was as frozen as ice, paralyzed with fear. The engine turns off and I hear the car door open. This is where the frozen with fear thing subsides and fight or flight mode sets in. I booked it out of the woods down the street as fast as I ever run before. It almost felt inhuman. Instead of pursuing me on foot, the person hopped back in their car and tried to chase me that way. Luckily, I ran up and over a hill and immediately ducked into a driveway and rolled underneath a car that was parked a little out of eyeshot. The act of me going over the hill caused me to be out of sight long enough for the person to lose my position completely. For the driver, that wasn't the end though. They weren't satisfied. The car drove around the big circular road for 45 minutes looking for me. Just going around and around and around very slowly. Finally, the car eventually disappeared. I waited an additional 15 or 20 minutes to make sure the car wasn't just trying to bait me to come out. I took a completely different way back home. I only told my guy friends who used to sneak out with me about it. Never my parents, never any of the girls, nobody. My friends thought it could have been a police, but there is no way that's the case. They would have flickered the lights on, yelled at me that I was breaking the law, anything. Confirmation came when there was an abduction attempt no more than two weeks later in a neighborhood adjacent to mine. Who's to say what would have happened? I was a big kid at 16, 5'11", 185 pounds. So maybe if he or she did get a hold of me, I could have fended them off. I'm glad it never had to get to that point. Needless to say, I avoided Diagon Alley like a plague for at least a few months. I'm a 20 year old female and I was recently talking to my mom about a family member of mine that we had cut off contact with. During this conversation, my mom told me something that she had wanted to keep hidden from me. I was almost kidnapped. When I was almost one year old, my mom took me to the mall with my great aunt, my grandmother's sister. All was well until my aunt offered to take me shopping with her to allow my mom some time to shop for herself in peace. Now my mother didn't trust a lot of people to take me alone due to some heartbreak in the past. I won't go into it here, but anyway, 
My mom allowed my aunt to take me under the condition that we would be in the store next door and that my aunt meet her every 30 minutes to check in. Now don't get me wrong, my mom loved my aunt very much and had no reason not to trust her. She was just overly cautious. Well, 30 minutes goes by and my mother walks next door, assuming my aunt forgot, but both she and I were nowhere to be found. My mother asked the store associates if they had seen us, and they all said no, prompting my mother to freak out and call mall security. In minutes, mall security had them all on lockdown while they searched for me. In the end, I was found in a store's back room with my aunt trying to find some way to sneak out. My mom took me away from her, and she took me home. My mom never pressed charges but got a restraining order against her. We never saw her until a few years later after the incident because she had moved to Florida with my other great aunt Casey. Unfortunately, my aunt Casey was found dead a few years back after my aunt was living with her. Foul play was suspected, but my aunt was never found to question and is still free somewhere. My mom lives in constant guilt over her internal debate over not pressing charges 19 years ago. She feels that if she had, maybe she could have prevented my Aunt Casey's death. I was a very sheltered kid when I was growing up. My mom was your standard helicopter parent, but my father usually had a little more finesse about letting me think I had more freedom, even if he was still keeping an eye on me. My mom worked a standard 9 to 5 at the time, but my father was self-employed, so he usually arranged his hours to be home when I got back from school. I asked for $5 so I could ride my bike 10 blocks down to the nearby convenience store and buy a snack. Something I enjoyed greatly because my father let me go by myself, so it was one of the few times I wasn't cooped up under the watchful eye of an adult. I was at that age where I started to want more freedom. My father received an urgent call from one of his clients and had to go meet with them. He gave me a speech about just going there and back and told me to call him once I was back home, but otherwise didn't seem too worried. We lived in a nice neighborhood, and I had made this ride many times before already. It was a windy day as I was winding my way through the neighborhood. I was two blocks away from the store, when a car rolled up perpendicular to me out of one of the cul-de-sacs. Inside was a well-groomed man, maybe in his mid-thirties. He was wearing a button-up shirt with a tie, and was generally white-collar looking. He rolled his window down and politely asked me how to get to the freeway. I wasn't good with directions, so I just pointed down the road and said, Somewhere that way. If you keep going, you'll see it. While I said this, I noticed he had his hand on something odd, looking down somewhere close to where the clutch would be on a manual. I just assumed that's what it was and brushed it aside. The man rolled his car closer until the passenger side was only a foot from me and said, Sorry, I didn't hear you over the wind. 
starting to feel those instinctual spine tingles you get when something's wrong, but not wanting to be rude. I repeated myself. It was at this point that I gasped and my whole body went numb. The odd thing his hand was wrapped around was not his clutch. He was holding his penis and was completely naked from the waist down. Still polite, he asked, could you get in and show me the way? I rolled my bike backwards, stammering breathlessly. I can't, he replied, that's okay, and calmly drove off. No screeching tires, no attempt at a getaway, in opposite the direction I pointed towards the freeway. He was gone. I sped to the store and waited in the back for a few minutes before calling my father with their phone and explaining what happened. He booked it to the store and called the cops. The officer who responded said it was pointless to call without plate numbers or any other identifying information. He said the man was probably on the other side of town by now, trying the same thing on some other young girl. The especially weird part is later that night, my father confessed to always following behind me a certain distance so that I wouldn't notice. This was the first time he didn't. Thankfully, over a decade later, nothing involving this man happened again.